0: This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joir, and today is Thursday, August 26, 2021. And my guest is the awesome Florence Ion... Of Gizmodo High Flow, how are you?
1: Hi.
0: Hey. <laughs> Some like waving. Good to have you back. I think it's <laughs> been a couple of years since I've had you on the show now.
1: Well, it's been at least as long as my child, because the last time I talked to you, I had just found out I was pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a
0: journey since then. <laughs> yeah, I was. We were just talking about that. I'm super excited for you. Thank you. So. You know, it's been a relatively quiet week in terms of news. Everybody's kind of scrambling to review their Galaxy products right now. You reviewed the Z Flip 3. (laughs) I did. So I'm definitely going to want to hear your thoughts on that. Okay. I reviewed the OnePlus Buds Pro, which is not nearly as exciting, but hey, you got to start somewhere. So, you know, I'm kind of curious about Buds. Like, what do you have lying around? What's your kind of perspective and exposure,
1: if any? I just left them upstairs, but I just got my Galaxy Buds 2 yesterday. Oh, cool. So they arrived, and I'm switching them for the... As I go off camera, I'm switching them for the first gen. So I'm going to pop these in the box, send them back to Samsung, and they gave me... um $50? $50 off. They gave me more Ooh. money for the smartwatch. I'm gonna trade this watch in too. I'm just waiting for my I also ordered the Galaxy Watch 4 with LTE. So I oh, cool. yeah, I was waiting for this event to do a whole like upgrade. I was like, all right, this is the time for me to upgrade the Samsung stuff. And I tend to like to use the Samsung stuff because even like I'm using a OnePlus phone. And I'll switch between that and like the Pixel just because, yeah, yeah, you know, for sure.
0: lab work, quote unquote. The two best ones, I think, actually.
1: Yeah, but this flip. Oh, this, this flip flipped. grew on me.
0: I know, no. I had the previous gen, the 5G version from last year for a while, and I loved it. And I could see where they were going. There were a few things that kind of kept me from getting really excited, like the tiny little, you know, thumbnail size screen on the old one. But this one, I'm getting one very soon. Samsung doesn't really hook me up with review units. They don't consider podcasters to be that important. So, um, But that doesn't mean that I can't get my hands on some stuff through our carrier friends, etc. So I'm waiting to still get some of these devices, and I'll keep you posted. But we're going to touch on your review. The reason I brought up Buds is because OnePlus, as you know, make mm-hmm. great phones, and they started making great Buds. Last year, they made the regular Buds. They were $79 when they came out. They didn't have wireless charging or ANC and they were like half in ear, meaning they just sat on the outside of your ear. They weren't like, didn't have silicone tips that went inside your canal. Oh, that sounds uncomfy. They sounded really great. They were basically AirPods non-pro clones, and they but they sounded way better and $79. And now they're regularly on the OnePlus site at $59. And then... In the fall, like this was August, in November 2020, they came out Mm -hmm. with OnePlus Buds Z, which were cheaper even, $49, and have stayed at $49, and have silicone ear tips, and so they're a little more naturally isolating, but they still don't have ANC, still don't have wireless charging, and they don't sound quite as good as the other ones. And so then nothing happened for a while, and then when they announced the Nord 2 in Europe recently, they also announced these Oneplus Buds Pro, which, right. it seems, are really meant to be in competition with the Apple you know AirPods Pro, really, mm-hmm. right?? So that that's got me excited a little bit, you know? So I decided, hey, let's check that out, right? And I, I reviewed them. And my takeaway here is mm, not as exciting to me as what I had built up in my head based on the first Buds, which were really great for the money. So I think the deal here is, you know, they compete with the Buds 2 you're about to get from Samsung. Mm -hmm. They compete with the AirPods Pro, and they're quite a bit more affordable. They're like the Samsung pricing, $150, $149. And they have ANC, and they have wireless charging, which is all really nice to have. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like you know they don't sound quite as great out of the box as the original buds sounded. Like, you know, I'm I'm a bit of an audio freak and I like things to sound very natural, and neutral, Just like, like studio quality. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like you're wearing Sony headphones right now. I have <laughs> <Yeah>. those. <laughs> and I like them, but not out of the box. I find them a little too bass-heavy. And so, you know, in the app you can EQ mm. them and make them exactly yes. perfectly sweet. That's what I like, to sweeten them with some sort of setting if it's available or have them good out of the box. And the original OnePlus Buds for me were like that. But then these Buds Pro, they just don't sound that good. They're really bass heavy and they're more for the mainstream consumer. And I think that the AirPods Pro actually sounds slightly better. And I don't have a pair of Samsung Buds too, but I have the Buds Pro, the previous model with ANC, and those sound pretty sweet as well. So you can tune them there's no eq in the oneplus app or if you use a oneplus phone the app is built in you don't have to install anything of course but they don't have the traditional eq they have one of those things you know that tests your ears like you listen to test tones and it'll right. adjust to your hearing so but that doesn't really let you eq them so i found actually a way to cheat that i wrote that in my review on hot hardware which i will put in the show notes but Basically, you can pretend to not hear certain sounds and pretend to hear certain sounds, whether or not they're happening. And you can kind of boost the mids and the highs and decrease the bass a bit to get them to sound a little more in step with what you and I would expect as people who have worked in podcasting forever. And I used to studio headphones, right? And in that way, I was able to kind of like rescue them a bit, but I still feel that the problem is the elephant in the room, which is nothing's ear one, also with ANC and wireless charging, cost $99 and they mm-hmm. sound better out of the box. Now, they're also designed super cool, right? And then you have kind of the outlier here is TCL. Believe it or not, TCL makes earbuds oh, and forgot. headphones. And they yeah. kick butt. They sound so good, every single one oh, I've used. I totally The cheapest to the highest quality ones. And they make now currently a pair called the Move Audio S600 that costs $99, has yeah. ANC, has wireless charging, and in my opinion, is better than the OnePlus Buds Pro. that are $50 more. is slightly better than the nothing ear one, but you don't get that cool industrial hmm. design. And of course, better than the AirPods Pro. Better than, well, probably better than the Galaxy Buds 2, simply because I don't think they're going to go much of an improvement over the Buds Pro. They've been slowly getting better, Samsung, from the original Buds to the Plus to the Live to the Pro to the 2. But... You know, that's me being me, being like a bit of an audio aficionado. Like, the average person just wants a lot of bass, right? And I'm not that person, so.
1: (laughs) Uh, I actually don't, I'm not quite sure what I want from audio. All I know is I got these headphones because they're the only things that could like block out all the yeah, sound around me here at home. in the business for sure yeah 100%. that was why i got these but the samsung yeah. ones is more of just like a it was just an ecosystem thing the fact that i like have the watch and i i just like the way they look but i was just looking at those tcl ones that you mentioned i went to their website and they have like purple buds they have some they yeah. have a bunch of different versions that i had no idea so this is like it's a really interesting product category because i feel like we know all this stuff is available, but a lot of people maybe don't know about all the alternatives that are available. Yeah.
0: But at the same time TCL is a known brand. They make great TVs. Yeah. People actually know that brand. So like it's not like we're telling them to go to Amazon and buy this obscure made in China right. Shenzhen special. We're actually telling them buy these buds from this known brand. And so, you know, I feel like we could recommend these and and the Nothing Ear ones you know again new new company but it's it's car pace company like we know what to expect there exactly it's not, it's he not has some a pedigree fly by night deal right mm-hmm. and so my takeaway here is that for the first time in a while i think you should not buy the one plus buds pro i mean they're good if you buy them and you like bass heavy earbuds but you're really spending $50 more for features that you can buy for $99 from TCL mm. and from nothing and get slightly better sound in my opinion so you know that's the takeaway and i was a little bummed because i really thought that i really think that 2022 99 will be the average mm-hmm. price point of all earbuds that are true wireless with anc with wireless charging from all yep. companies and then the chinese will come in with like 40 dollar equivalents to that in no name brand right but in, in as far as like You know, the big brands are concerned, except for maybe Apple and Sony, who are premium. You're going to see this leveling at $90. And I find it so weird that OnePlus is not there with TCL and with nothing competing in that space right now. Like, it's weird to me. It's like a missed opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised they didn't actually just go budget and just, like, follow along with the Nord timeline. That's what I
0: mean. But I guess they're trying to, you know, in the same way as the OnePlus 9 Pro cost, $1,069 and is only available as 12 gigs. I think they're trying to go up market, but I think in this case, it kind of fell on their face because right around the same time, literally when the TCL 20 Pro 5G, the the, the 5G phone from TCL just came out, that's Mm -hmm. when those buds came out and the nothing came out two weeks before the OnePlus buds. So it's like their kind of timing is a little off.
1: (laughs) it is it is and after a while guys we can't all just blame it all the pandemic i mean no <laughs> you can now to still get out of social situations but pretty soon <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's going to expire too
0: so we're talking about samsung buds and you're getting them and trust me i have been very impressed with every single bud from samsung from the maybe the buds were meh but the buds plus really improved things the live are not for everyone because they don't go in your ear canal again. They sit outside and that doesn't work so well for ANC. And then you have the pros. Hmm. The pros really, I felt, were the the best yet. And I haven't tried the, obviously, the twos yet, which you're getting, but I'm hearing that they're very close to the pros. So they're a little lighter and smaller, which makes them obviously even better. But in terms of sound quality, ANC, all the features, they're very, very close. And the price is pretty much the same. So they're essentially, I think, substituting the pros with the twos and I think you can't go wrong the one thing about Samsung is they don't provide you full EQ settings but I as was you just know, gonna say that there's like presets and I think the one there's that one called transparent or or like clear or something in there that basically just boosts the trebles just a tiny bit but not in as offensive way that I feel gives you that perfect sweet spot for me and I found that true to be true on every single buds I've tested so I think that's what saves the Samsungs for me is that they're a little muddy sounding out of the box. But as soon as you turn that yeah. one setting on, all of a sudden like, they perk up a bit and they're like, oh, now I can hear, I can listen to those forever. You know, I should try those out. Uh,
1: they really are just my watch TV before bed buds at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So,
0: <laughs> And that's fair. <laughs> I mean, honestly, look, you wear these Sony headphones. I have them too. And I have the Sony earbuds, the latest one, the WF1000 XN4s. Yeah. And I got a review in it. And if you want almost the same level of noise canceling that you're getting with your Sony headphones right now in a pair of earbuds, those actually that's do. Scary. That. That's it's scary. That's close. It's not perfect. I tried them on an airplane and I was like, wow. Like, I'm. But used- that's not. Okay. That's the situation I'd
1: want something small because I love these, but I don't take them out of the house. <laughs> Because I love them so much. So here's much. the deal.
0: Here's the deal. <laughs> I've traveled with these headphones you're wearing a lot. Like, as you know, before COVID, I was on a plane every yeah, month. Yeah, And I was with my Sony on a plane every month, sometimes to Asia, like a 10-hour flight, right? Or more than that, 12, 15. And mm-hmm. the point is, comfortable, perfect noise canceling, yeah. great. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. These earbuds from Sony, they sound, they, they're they almost as good as ANC, and they sound great. You can tune them again, the same settings you have on your headphones, the EQ, the whole shebang. But battery life is only about four or five hours, whereas with these headphones, I can actually go to Asia and come back without charging them. Like, they last 30 hours, your headphones, on a charge with ANC. That's the upside. So if you're on an airplane going to New York City, the buds are going to be perfectly great because you're like on the flight for six hours, maybe five hours. And, you know, battery life is four hours. You don't wear them for takeoff and landing. You wear them during the flight. You're good to go. And of course, you can recharge them in the case, but you still need to put them in the case for 20 minutes or something, right? Then the ENC is very good from Sony. And of course, the price is very high. But the other thing that I found really difficult as a frequent flyer is that they're, uncomfortable after those four hours like that's a bummer you start like you know how comfortable those headphones are you wearing mm-hmm, them all day mm-hmm. for work right I could wear them all day I wear them on flights for like, like literally 12 hours but these buds ooh, after a while you're like ah oh, you know because they have to make a perfect seal in your ear for the ANC to work properly and and it means you know the stress on your ear canal a little bit and for an hour you're fine two hours you're okay but after four you're like oh I need relief you know
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And not to mention, like, all the skin oils and stuff that gets trapped in there. I mean, oh, my God. I'm going to have to really clean these buds before I pack them up. Because I don't want to do that to Samsung.
0: (laughs) You know, kudos for Sony to make ANC almost work as well on earbuds. That's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, Samsung Z Flip 3. I have played with one. I am waiting for my review unit. I want to thank AT&T in advance for sending me one. Thanks, AT&T. And I want to know your reviews up on Gizmodo. I'll put a link in the show notes. But thank you. I want you to tell us because you're a Samsung oh. gal.
1: Well, I was well, I was a Samsung a gal for a while. And then I kind of just I switched over to the Pixel. And then along that way, I found my way into OnePlus.
0: Haven't we all? All of us Pixel users ended up on OnePlus for a while. I though. actually have been enjoying
1: the OnePlus a little more, at least in the last two generations of Pixels. So we'll see how this six sixth generation or whatever we're up against will be but um look the flip it's i okay so apparently the people that have pre-ordered this the most i think in overseas in south korea are between the ages of 18 and 34 which is exactly Mm -hmm. the age range that samsung wanted to hit with these particular phones and i can tell like this is just a fun ass phone i mean it's It is fun, but sometimes that fun gets in the way of like pure productivity Um, (laughs) or even even just the ability to like, you know, you have all these fun features like, hey, I can take a selfie right now just from the screen in this little like cute way. Oh, mm, selfie. okay, that's great. That's fine. But then if I need to follow my kid around, she's running away. She's being really cute with an orange, whatever. I got to do this whole thing open yeah. this thing up the
0: whole gymnastics. double
1: double press the power button get the picture in focus and there's been a couple of times that I've actually ended up missing the moment and mm-hmm. there's just that's just one little example of the way I've had to change the way I use a phone and so honestly since I wrote the review I've been using this less and less it's pretty much just been a uh, a propped up pokemon go grinder for me oh cool so, <laughs> just like yeah, pop it up like bad. this yeah, it still a gives you a thousand me enough dollar runway. Pokemon
0: Go machine.
1: I mean, it gives you enough runway to do a little Pokeball uh, toss on there. Yeah. Um, I, I do like the different, like the other day, I made a TikTok with it because I liked that I could orient the camera certain ways with this sort of like built in kickstand. It's just a little bit easier than using some of the weird like props they have around here. But oh, yeah. like you just said, that's a thousand dollars for that. Yeah. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a real you really have to marry yourself to the idea of using this phone. It's not just a, oh, it's something I'll get used to. People who do see it, though, they're always like, oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I imagine once this becomes more commonplace, then maybe we'll have a couple more, like, productivity, software fixes. Like, I'm even reading on the Fold reviews that things things need to be optimized just a little bit better. So Yeah,
0: and I think that's the Samsung thing that they are – always a little kind of off like it, and that's why that's why you and I use you know OnePlus and Pixel phones because it's like it's just a better experience right no matter how you cut it mm-hmm. so i think that's the trick i feel like for me i i bought the original flip the 4g one and i returned it because i couldn't get a review in it in a timely manner and of all the phones released last year at the initial pre covid Samsung event mm, in San yeah. Francisco it was the one that really tickled my fancy the most. I was like, oh, wow, this thing. It's so, it's so, like, it's like a makeup compact. It's so cool. And the it pink is. and the <laughs> color and stuff. So I bought it. I played with it. I showed to a few people who were like, wow, I thought it was great, but I thought I needed a little bit of adjustment. Returned it because I didn't want to, you know, waste that money. Yeah. And then AT&T offered me the 5G version in the fall to review, to look at. And it's exactly the same, just with a, you know, 5G radio mm-hmm. and a better chip. And, I I found that, you know, again, I felt like it's almost there, but not quite. And then I played with Michael Fisher's Z Flip 3 in New York last week when I was there for Moto. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, they I think they nailed it. Like in terms of the design and the bigger screen, which was desperately needed in the front. And I like the slab edges. I like the fact it's not as round in the edges. Mm-hmm. It's more flat, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I like that too, actually. It, it, it feels is.
0: better in hand because of it. And just the design is further refined, and you know, on the original one that I had, the 4G, there was no screen protector, and it felt kind of like glass, so I liked that. Then on the 5G version, they had a pre-installed screen protector that which was very rubbery, and it, it, it your finger would stick to it, and it oh, was unpleasant. I see what you mean? And of course, you could peel it off, but I didn't want to do that on a review unit that's not mine. And then, you know, Michael's. And yours that you have right in your hand right now, I think they've improved. Like the screen protector is still built in, yeah. But they've improved it so that now it's no longer this gummy, sticky stuff. It's still plasticky, but I think it feels tons better.
1: It's like the one on the OnePlus,
0: which I I have it on the OnePlus nine right now. Yeah, the pre-installed ones. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that for me. Like the cameras were fine and they're continuing to be fine. They're not like the best, but they're pretty damn great because, you know, these 12 megapixel sensors, Samsung keeps using them and iterating on them and the software keeps getting better and they're really, they're pretty sure-footed, I think. Yeah. You know, and then the screen has gotten better because it's 120 hertz. To me, that's one of the things when you spend that kind of money, you kind of want to have. And then uh, the only thing that I guess is a question mark and you wrote about is a bit tough is the battery life, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, because that 120 hertz display, I mean, that's a lot... That's a lot of yeah. refresh rate to be powering up. Plus, you know, Samsung, they have really bright displays as it is. So if you have that thing at like max brightness, let's just say, because you want, you know, the full But you can read experience. it in direct
0: sunlight though now, right? Yeah, but who's
1: going outside? I mean, I'm, I'm not going outside. No,
0: you have to take care of your kid. Uh,
1: well, you know, the whole thing, climate change. Listen, we'll be indoors anyway all the time. So let's just get used to it now. We're uh, going to be in- underground soon anyway. Exactly.
0: <laughs> At the rate but, things are going.
1: I mean, I'm in a completely dark room right now. So, Ooh. But in all sincerity, I uh, I really just don't know about it as a productivity phone, which is why I think, I guess, marketing it to younger people kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Even the features that they in bundle with it, it's all about like, like you can still... That case,
0: right? That case.
1: Okay, these that cases are great and you were going to need it. Thing. It is, but the Samsung actual chassis is so slippery. And actually, this case is kind of hard to take off, so that's good. But the actual chassis is so slippery, that glass chassis, that you want to put a little silicone case on it so that you can actually grip it so it's not moving around on the table when it's like in the sit-up mode.
0: I hear that it'll slip off of a table. Oh, it did. Like No matter what you do
1: yeah yeah i felt really that's like dangerous. this was a precious little egg when i first got it because it was such a different form factor than i was used to um and i don't know just something about it feels
0: so precious if that makes yeah. sense it's a kawaii you know it's cute yeah right yeah i think it's got some aspects of that and i and actually I think that's why people dig it and here's yes the thing, though. i think <laughs> i think that if you look at some iPhones are $1000, some Galaxies are $1000, some mm-hmm. OnePluses are $1000. Mm. And as you know, you can buy these phones including the Z Flip 3 at a carrier store and you you know with Samsung you're going to get deals very soon and you're going to get yeah. carrier deals very soon and I think so this I think the price is no longer an issue. I think Americans have shown for better or for worse probably not the smartest use of their money that they will walk into a carrier store and plump down a contract extension or whatever some sort of payment set up to pay for a dollar phone over a two-year period and not even blink an eye and and even some americans on the budget do this so for better or for worse i think this culturally they they've hit the right price point the fact that it's water resistant is a huge sell and it's not dust proof which is obviously a bigger problem i think with all these yeah. parts but water i mean you know you spill coffee on it that happens that's nice. You don't have to worry about it. You can rinse it on the sink right away and you're good to go. But, you know, I still feel that, as you said, it's still not going to be as solid as a phone, you know, that doesn't fold. And I, I want to see what that phone <laughs> looks like in a year in the hands of the average person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my big question mark right now. Like Michael Fisher, again, he has a Z Fold 2 as his main daily phone for productivity, and he had to get the screen replaced because it was starting to crack in the middle last year. And of course it was covered by Samsung, but the point was that even though it's designed to be folded multiple times, you know, Michael is so productive on it that he uses it so much that he was running into this fault. And other people have reported the same, and I don't think it's a defect, I'm not blaming Samsung here, I'm just saying that, you know, when you start having non-techies, which is what this phone I think is gonna attract a lot, Using this phone, what's it going to be like in a year? That's my big question mark, especially since Samsung no longer offers that warranty by default that they were offering on the screen replacement in the old phones. So they ah, dropped that. Yeah.
1: I completely missed that part. I and I guess it speaks to just the fact that I haven't I never used a flip phone before this. This was my first experience. <laughs> um and so when I got to it, it just felt like, oh my God, this is a new experience. How exciting. But there is still I, I did try and kind of bring that out in my review that there is you do have to consider the life-changing like move that you're making getting a folding phone in 2021. Like this is not. 2007. We, you know, not everybody's carrying around a flip phone or a candy bar phone. Like, that's not the world we're living in. We've had this one form factor for so long right now. Yeah. Like, do you want to change that up for yourself, especially with everything else going on right now?
0: Yeah. And I do think that even our candy bar, normal glass slab phones that we use are way more fragile than the flip phones, the plasticky candy bar, you know, Sony Ericsson and Nokia's that we had it's true. in the first half of 2000, right? Until the iPhone Those came things out.
1: could fall from like stories high and still be usable. Like, not a problem. I mean,
0: so don't expect to toss this thing around too much. You should You know, but I still think this is, a, this is an exciting development in the sense that I, I agree. feel finally I can tell my insert relative here to go buy one and not feel like they're going to have a bad time.
1: I agree. I, I totally agree. Um, I'm very curious to see if uh, Gen Z and younger is going to adopt this, if they're going to ask their parents for this form factor. I'm very curious. I don't know of any kids currently who are like Samsung fan kids. <laughs> so yeah, I, think I know it, a lot of iPhone fan kids.
0: Yeah, so... <laughs> I think it depends on countries too. I bet you in Korea, there's lots of Samsung fan kids.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's okay. It's the like the official phone of the country, so I can understand. Yeah, right, I know,
0: I know. It's the f- official phone of BTS, come on.
1: It's true. Mm. Mm, yes, Don't forget BTS on a New York subway I car. Mean, I yes. know, right? <laughs> so, so cute. So crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, no, look, I'm excited about this. I'm going to be reviewing it for Hot Hardware. It should be arriving soon. And so folks, stay tuned. I'll post my review probably in the next podcast. But like, honestly, the Folds got me super excited as well. But if I had to pick one right now, absolutely no contest it would be the flip yeah and mostly because ultimately i feel like when i used the full tool last year i think the same thing flow i bought one and returned it just to kind of get the experience right and my geek like early adopter was 100% satisfied it was like oh my god this oh, is like good. everything like this you know but then i started using it and i'm like i need to adapt my workflow to this new thing 100%. and i'm not comfortable with that i'm just so set in my ways whereas with the flip it's just other than the sometimes you have to open it to do stuff, right? Other than that, it's like once it's open, it's very much like every other phone, smartphone I have available to me right now for review. Like it's just a slab of glass and, you know, you use it that way. So you don't have to really rethink about God, how do I optimize the screen for multitasking, like resizing windows, all that stuff. I I I have no time for that when I'm using my phone. Like I'm sorry, you know? I found that with the Z Fold I was using last year, I was using it basically full screen on everything. And it's kind of a waste then, right? Because, you know, Android apps like don't do well open, in full screen. open, all the way. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I feel like also it's more expensive and I don't need the stylus, which is a new feature on the Fold 3 now. Yeah, I think this, the Flip would be my choice. And the only thing I wish the Flip had, as you said, is a better, bigger battery, right? Mm-hmm. But also that it had a telephoto or a like 48, 50 megapixel sensor that lets you at least zoom in three or four times. I agree. You know, so that like, because that at a 12 megapixel if you zoom you you're getting 2x at best right like, oh you're my not gosh getting more the, than that
1: the photos I took of Mona at the park like because I sometimes like to zoom in I do that on the one plus nine and it works perf- like totally fine I've even of done course. that on the pixel five it worked fine and then I tried to do that with the Z flip 3 and the photos came out but they were very um, pixelated or yeah. just like very sharp around the edges and I share them to Instagram anyway but it was just like I don't like this. This is not yeah. how I want to share memories, <laughs>
0: yeah. so to yeah. speak. So that's that's maybe that's what we get next year. Next year we get like either, I don't think they're going to add a telephoto that adds complexity and size and, and parts mm. and cost. I think they're just going to add a 108 megapixel or 64 or 48 or 50. I know Samsung's got a new 50 megapixel sensor that we're probably going to see on the Pixel 6 Pro. So maybe we'll see that. And at least you'll be able to zoom three or four X without too much loss, even in low light. And it'll be great. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. But right now, yeah, that's, I think, the only two things that I would ding it for. And of course, as you said, there are some times when you kind of have to be ready to open it up quickly, right? And that doesn't always work very well. So, no, yeah, no, it's also
1: kind of still bulky for like pockets, Versus like a nice slab of glass. Exactly. It adds like this weird little density in it, which is fine. But uh, I'm very curious to hear what your experience is going to be like with it because I also want to know if you will have just as hard of a time opening it one-handed as I do.
0: Oh, I already <laughs> so. did with the 100%, I will. I can tell you before I even start. I tried Michaels as I said, and it's no different than the the Flip 2 or yeah. the Flip 5G last year. Like it I I don't trust myself to open this with one it's, hand.
1: It's got it gets a little Easier. Like I actually feel like the hinge in the display got a little softer. Maybe I broke in it in a little bit, but it also yeah. could just be my my feelings about it because the case adds a bit of density to it, which kind of helps it actually open. Ugh, how are these things gonna hold up over time? Hmm. That is the question.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing is, you know, with the case you get protection, which is awesome because if you try to open it one hand and you drop it, you're good. Yeah. But When I was opening mine, I didn't have the case, and I was like, it was like always like I'm not gonna do this outside on the street. I'm gonna do this in my house where it's wood and carpet. If it falls, it'll ding the wood or bounce on the carpet, and nothing bad's gonna happen. Exactly. But outside, I I want no concrete rash, so I was literally always purposely opening it with two hands, and that becomes cumbersome. Like when you use the flip phone, remember those flip phones? You just clunk like that.
1: I used to flip them into my like jeans, and that's how I would like go around concerts, which Looking back now, I should have gotten a little holster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's kind of awesome, though. Oh, ah, my God. the
1: 2000s. <laughs> ah,
0: it's a different time.
1: Ah, so embarrassing. So
0: you also reviewed the Framework laptop, and I include that here because, uh, I mean, we talk about laptops and tablets on the show. It's the Mobile Tech Podcast. But, you know, we don't generally focus on, on laptops, but you know me, I'm a nerd. I'm a bit, uh, big right-to-repair type person. I like the idea of you know, us trying to build products that are more recyclable, reusable. I know it's hard because it also conflicts with my early adopter nerdy, I want all the things now kind of feeling, you know, but this framework caught my attention and not enough to like try to get a review in it or anything, but here you are, you reviewed it. So what's your take? Is it something people should legitimately consider as a Windows laptop?
1: You know, it's interesting. So I reviewed this... Several weeks ago now, I think before I left for vacation in July, and I haven't touched it since then because I because I just had to like do a bunch of stuff is really the honest truth. But I thought about it the other day because a I have to send it back, but also b I bought a new laptop, so I ended up getting a Dell XPS 15, and this oh, nice. is like this is my brand new laptop. This is my new like workhorse. This is. This is what I've been like waiting for. I was going to build a PC, but with all the chip shortages and everything, I really needed to just kind of make a quick move on a new computer. And so for I got sure. it in and I was just thinking to myself, you know, my old laptop, it lasted for so long. I had it for about seven going on eight years now. And it it was like this mid-range Dell Inspiron with a Core i5. But I managed to Frankenstein it to just make it work for everything I needed. I put more RAM in it. um, I swapped out the hard drives. It used to have an optical drive bay.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's (laughs) old. I put an
1: SSD in there. So I did all this stuff. And it works. It's been doing my work until this last year. It just got really slow. And I was just thinking, God... This framework would have been really great to just be able to swap out the motherboard, put in the new components, and bam, that's it. Like, I've got my computer. I didn't have to wait for this whole computer to be put together. Um, The other thing is now I have have a slight inkling. There might have been a manufacturing issue because this thing buzzes from the aux board. It's completely anecdotal that I'm coming to this... Uh, conclusion. But I do also feel like buying a laptop right now and or any computer part during the shortage that's going on right now, it's you're probably it's a wait and see what we get sort of yeah. situation.
0: Yeah, I think that's true of all tech right now in a way. I mean I haven't noticed yeah. any degradation in smartphones yet, but even cars I'm hearing from people since I review cars for tech radar, I'm hearing from people mm there are some cars that are shipping with more defects than normal. Nothing that can't be fixed by your dealer. It's no big deal. I wouldn't stop buying a car because of it. But at the same time, compared to the before times, things are a little rough around the edges.
1: Exactly. And I do. So I do wonder if the framework would have helped us around that. But the the everything about it is really well thought out. They thought about how to swap the different parts of the hardware. Um, If you wanted to add a little customization, you could get like a new keyboard layout, which is really nice. You know, every single one of the modules is USB-C based. And I think if I recall correctly from my meeting with them, you could technically use those in like an Android phone or anything that has USB-C. They're just these (laughs) like standalone little modules, which is so smart and great. But it does, you kind of run into the issue of, oh, well, now I have to choose between my ports. Yeah. As it is, laptops don't, You know, the ultra-thin laptops don't come with a lot of ports, so you get what you get, but it can be a little limiting on that end. Uh, At least you could swap it. That's, That's one upside. But the other sort of downside is the laptop just gets really hot. That, oh. That's like the last thing that I really remembered about it. And that's stuck with me. And I ran multiple temperature tests. I have a kitchen infrared thermometer that I use for the laptops and the meat. So, you well, know, double purpose. Come exactly. on. I just go to the kitchen and grab it. I'm like, I need this for a couple hours. And so I just sat here and I just like pointed the infrared at it as I was like running various benchmarks and just kind of letting it idling. And it kept it kept coming in at around like 95 degrees over to as high as almost 110 degrees Fahrenheit at Oof, one point. That's and hot. it's hot enough that it you're like ow I don't want to touch that and so when that happens that's that's not good.
0: Is it metal or plastic the the chassis?
1: It's metal, but I imagine okay. that because the motherboard is like completely removable as this one little part that the airflow that they put in maybe the fans aren't strong enough. They're all these who I'm not quite sure but at the same time like the execution of it is almost like really good <laughs> it's almost <Yeah>. really good <laughs> everything else about it was perfect it's just a fine laptop
0: cool that's good so, to know so just watch out for the heat and i guess the battery life too right
1: uh yes now i remember yeah the battery life on that was could have been better could have been better but i got to tell you after reviewing some Chromebooks after that, I noticed that they didn't have very, they didn't last more than like six hours. So I have a feeling there's there's some regression happening <laughs> in laptops. Yeah. I think we're trying to figure out how to power those screens and all those peripherals without putting in the battery pack to handle it,
0: just like on phones. I think it's also the, you know, cost thing. Chromebooks are so cheap, Right. So a slightly smaller battery immediately makes it cheaper. Oh, and so, but you know, the- on the
1: Acer Chromebook Spin, which is like $800 for, oh, wow, okay. you know, and it was like the Core yeah, yeah. i5 version. And I just, you know, it's been interesting. I kind of took over the laptop beat because a coworker left. And so, I, you know, I use these things. So I'm just kind of taking yeah. over for a while. But it kind of reacquainted me with this world and uh, sort of what's been going on. What's going to be really interesting is if after this chip shortage, the actual like Ryzen AMD architecture actually adds some real price competition because I still ended up like buying an Intel laptop. The framework laptop is Intel. I think they do have. Can't remember if they have a Ryzen. They do have a Linux option. That's very cheap. That's very affordable, I should say.
0: Nice. Something to consider. I mean, you kind of expect that. That makes sense for a modular laptop, the kind of audience they're going after. Precisely. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So just, uh, you know, put an air conditioning unit right behind it. <laughs> <laughs> One of those oh, small boy. ones from Amazon that goes on your desk.
0: Oh, yeah. Those <laughs> ginsy ones that use a uh, Pelche cooler. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, basically what, you know, I don't know. The nice thing is it's modular. You could take it apart and create, Maybe, maybe rig up your own cooling solution somehow.
1: I know. Oh, that would be, wouldn't that be cool?
0: (laughs) I wonder if you could swap the fan for a more powerful fan, like in terms of BTU, and then uh, change the the, the coolant paste, you know, to a higher quality paste. Mm. And I'm wondering if that might help. And maybe that's a hack that's going to become pretty straightforward for this, since it is user serviceable after all, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, most of is. They're not it going is. to get me mad
0: at you if you try to do that, so...
1: No, and they have all their uh, PDFs, all the how-tos are available online. If anybody just wants to go, like, peep it at Framework Laptop, um, you can go kind of see. I can't remember if the fans can... I think they can be disconnected. I'm not sure if they can be removed. There's a couple of pieces that I understand are...
0: Uh, yeah, somebody will figure it out. Trust me, it'll it's be a, fine. It's a
1: good concept to have floating in the ether.
0: I mean, I I hacked a lot of netbooks back in my day. Mm. That's how I became a blogger. Really, Bless. And, I wrote
1: about netbooks recently about how I miss them.
0: <laughs> I used to swap parts that people yeah. said were impossible to swap. But Shenzhen is a magical place, and Alibaba gets you the coolest things if you 100%, go digging around. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Wait. This is a slight digression, but I just need to ask you, because I know you're a car person. Somebody I was watching on Instagram the other day, they bought an air blower for their uh, car. I will their German make and model vehicle, but they bought it like super not stock, like super third party. Uh huh. I always think about that. Like, is it safe? Because aren't those things made to, you know, uh, for different thermal temperatures at the like the price? Like, what if it like melts? And so I think about these things when I also look at components because I, I do want to save money. <laughs> so. I mean, I think that,
0: as you know, the the law says that. If you own the vehicle, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Right. You might void your warranty if you modify it too much. But I think most manufacturers are pretty okay with you if you swap parts that are similar. Like, I think that up to a certain point, like, if you bring your car all melted back to the dealership because you did something stupid <laughs> by changing a part you weren't supposed to, they're not going to cover the warranty, right? Okay, but that's kind but of funny. But if you bring it back and you say, like, <laughs> you know, my spare part is in perfect functioning condition it didn't cause the fault they can't refuse you service and they still have to honor the warranty you know we we have there were cases and laws around that right so i think right. i don't know i i feel like there is some leeway there and I think that what that's kind of what framework allows you to do whereas I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that if you even just crack open your XPS 15 right now, you void the warranty. Absolutely, you know? I wouldn't
1: even think of it. And my
0: point <laughs> is that that's, cars are still in that gray area and I think in many ways the car hacking culture, the car mod culture is what is allowing iFixit and all the big mm. wins we've had this year to happen in tech because there's a precedent in this other thing that's becoming super techy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, even in Tesla's, right, people are trying to hack them and Tesla's pushing back, but they're winning Mm -hmm. because because Tesla has to ultimately adhere to the existing standards of people want to mod their cars. So, you know, it's like Apple, you know, ideally they, they, they want to own your phone even when you paid for it, right? In an ideal world, if it was up to them. Right. And Tesla is the same way, you know, because they can remote control your car and disable it if they wanted to. They could break your yeah, car if they wanted that. to. Yeah. Right?
1: Anyway, sorry for the digression. But it no, just- it's totally fine.
0: <laughs> My my take on the framework laptop is I want to see what happens five years from now. You bought this thing today. And like, will they continue being around as a business so that you can buy a new little Mm USB-C dongle mm -hmm. that now supports like USB 5 or whatever, right? Or that you'll be able to change the motherboard to the new like AMD Ryzen 9 million or whatever, or that you'll be able to like change the screen or something, right? Like that is the thing I want to see. Like the big question mark. And it was the same question mark for me with these modular phones, you know, not modular, but the ones that are where you can swap the parts and the cameras. I can't remember their names now, but there's a couple of them out there. And I always felt like they were already pretty mid-rangey and pricey. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't think you're going to last two years with this thing. Like, even if you (sighs) have the best intentions, because if you look at the pace of progress in mobile, like in phones in particular, it's moving so fast, I don't think they can keep up. I know. Which is kind with of a laptops, bummer. With think, laptops, I think with laptops, it's a much more manageable thing. I still have a, an old MacBook Air from 2011. Exactly. And it works just fine. Like, it's not great, but it works.
1: I have that MacBook Air, and I gave it to my cousin, and she's doing college with it now. So. Yeah, and you can.
0: And, you know, if you're just doing the web and basic stuff, exactly. it's totally fine. As long as you know which OS to kind of stop at, right? That's still a usable OS, but not completely overwhelming the machine. And Apple doesn't make it easy because they don't have old versions of their OS's available on their servers anymore. Mm -mm. So you have to, like, I've archived locally on one of my NASA's, I have an archive of every. It, not all of them, but all the milestone OSs, the ones that's that smart. are pivotal, right? So that if I get somebody, like my friend just texted me today, say, hey, I got a new a MacBook 2011 for free. And I try to um, run my stuff on it and nothing works. So then I tried to update it to the latest version of uh, Mac OS, and it wouldn't let me. And I'm stuck now. And I'm like, that's because there's an intermediate version that I have somewhere on my NAS that you could install, like High Sierra or Mojave that will let you run the current Chrome and Firefox and all the things you want to run, but is no longer available through Apple servers. You know what I'm saying? And if you put that on there, you're golden for two, three more years because Apple continues supporting those users for two or three more years. It's true. So to me, this laptop, you know, that's going to be the big question. Can framework be like that 2011 MacBook Air that seems to be A, undestructible and B, still relevant in 2021 to some extent,
1: right? or even my Dell Inspiron which is not dead yet it's just retired You're hang
0: on to that that's like that's I've like, not heard of somebody doing a Dell for 7 years that's a lot of years for a Dell yeah. not not because Dell makes bad laptops just simply because the PC world is a little different than the Mac world that way.
1: Yeah. Well, I had a little help from my husband to kind of learn how to do all of these things, which I really appreciate. And I had to get a laptop to save on space. And uh, I think I'm going to probably turn it into a little my little virtual machine playground. Yeah,
0: you because should. Because
1: like you, I wish that I archived my old versions of Windows. At least you can kind of find them from the community. There's like some yeah. play around version that Microsoft let out some serials or like here use these serials if you want to do legacy stuff but
0: you can only do so much yeah the nice thing about apple is that they always had standalone installers that contain the entire os and if you download them at the right time you have them and they're not they're not like they're not signed such that they will not run they're not like illegal in the sense that you don't you're not sure where they came from and they might be (laughs) like on windows <laughs> there might be some malware in them like they're perfectly legit and so if you hang on to them like i have an old cube like the mac cube you know the mm-hmm. acrylic one and that's a g4 less and yes i mean it won't run anything higher than snow leopard i think or even ah. Le- no just leopard leopard ah. and you can't install any browser that runs today on leopard it can't i mean even back when you could still run a valid browser, it would not do 1080p video. Mm-hmm. Like it could, it would choke <laughs> on YouTube's at 1080p. Yes. So the point is you never want to use this thing, but as a, as a historical piece, having it on a version of an OS that still runs, that you could still potentially connect to the internet is kind of cool. It and is very actually, cool, actually, yeah. as an aside, I know we're going down the rabbit hole crazy here. You should check this out sometime. There is a community out there that's building Mozilla and Chromium builds Uh, Firefox builds and Chromium builds custom for these old OSs and old uh, computers so that they, you know, they run on the modern CSS and everything. So on some sites, it'll be too slow to really use because the sites have gotten so heavy. But for some stuff, it won't say I can't load this page because the browser doesn't support that feature. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of fun.
1: That is a, thank you for telling me that because I have this whole project I'm doing
0: hmm i'm stroking my beard so so for example i (laughs) on this leopard running cube that i have i have a build of firefox that is essentially the current build but you know uh recompiled by this team for the g4 it's optimized with the g4 instruction set so it actually hardware accelerated for the g4 chipset from back in the day and it runs, like, I can do things like Facebook, I can do things like, but YouTube, it chokes because, again, it couldn't play 1080p, 1080p then. It still right. can't play 1080p. But if I do 720p, eh, once the page is loaded, it's fine.
1: <laughs> once the page is loaded, like the good old days.
0: <laughs> the fa- I have a fan in mind. My cube, cube was fanless originally, but I added a fan because I added a faster G4 in there. Mm. And it, it does kick on the fan. So yeah, the, the thing about the cube, this is a whole, this is a whole aside here, but it did have a fan support on the motherboard because apple knew that eventually like they discontinued after a year but they were planning to make it for a few years and they knew that eventually it couldn't be fanless anymore that they'd have to have a very slow fan at the bottom that. of the chimney so there's actually a mounting bracket for a fan any connector for a fan on the board and the thermal management is in the firmware so if you actually install a fan off the shelf Like a standard computer fan, like an whatever, 12 centimeter fan. Yeah, yeah. You plug it in from the bargain pile. It'll fire up when it gets too hot in there without you having to do anything. It's amazing.
1: That is awesome. That see, we got a little bit of computer history going on here. So a little Uh, bit of everything. This is
0: why I have you on, Flo, because you're you're not nerd out about the weird things. It's great. (laughs) Um a few more news items before we wrap up. Xiaomi is moving away from the Mi branding, apparently. They now want their phones to be called Xiaomi. 12 for next year's Xiaomi, since so this year's okay. the 11 I don't feel good about this. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a big Xiaomi fan, I have their Pocos and I have their Redmi phones and their Xiaomi Mi phones, but I felt the Mi brand was such a short, nice, sweet word, and it just rolled off the tongue so nicely, and and I feel like... Yeah, for a Western audience. They've gotten big enough now that their brand is known enough that they can just drop the Mi and go for the full Xiaomi. I still don't think that's a very smart move, and I don't but. think
1: it's going to help them. At least, not no. not in not in the American market.
0: Well, um, definitely not.
1: Just because of America's continued red scare. I mean,
0: they sell a lot of appliances in the U.S. Like they have air purifiers and stuff, and they're all branded Me. I don't see them rebranding them to Xiaomi. Who's gonna? I, know, I have a
1: Me box, yeah, that I bought at Walmart. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That I ended up putting into a box because it it ended up not being good. Oops. It got a bad software update that made everything go, like made all the video ghost, like a ghosting effect. Oops. It was awful. So I just replaced it with a Chromecast with Google TV.
0: You know what's interesting about Xiaomi is a lot of these little appliance devices they sell, like the, the TV set-top boxes and the the air purifying stuff are actually not made by Xiaomi. They're just branded by Xiaomi and made by these That makes sense because
1: you'll see like seven other names of the exact same looking product, at least like on AliExpress, where sometimes I'll buy some of the Xiaomi stuff. But they have nice stuff too, though. Like it's like a curated. But their
0: phones and their tablets and their even their laptops are really nice. Well, even
1: their little vacuum cleaners and they have like a little, they have little, uh, uh, battery powered screwdrivers. I think I have one of those
0: and I've got like a lo- couple little
1: lights here and there. Uh, you know, it's, they yeah. make cute
0: stuff. <laughs> For sure. Overall, I've been impressed with their stuff, uh, whether it be their phones or their, you know, home automation, you know, pair purifies, all that stuff they make.
1: Oh, and I got their bulbs, which is the Yee light. Oh, the bulbs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. They <laughs> so make bulbs.
1: They're not even called jammy. I like their
0: scooters. They, they make nice scooters which are by the way the same they scooters they made the best scooter for a while yep yeah bird used their scooters for a while i mm-hmm. think anyway the point is that Xiaomi i don't know about this branding i think that i get it but i see, i think it's a bad move and you know like is this so the Mi Mix 4 which was announced as the Mi Mix 4 is actually now going to come out as just the Xiaomi Mix 4 which just sounds a bit weird and Xiaomi 12 will be weirder than Mi 12 next year and so i'm a little bummed but at the same time, you know, whatever, I think they feel like their brand is well known enough in the world now that they can kind of get away with this. And that's maybe possible. I mean, certainly outside the US, I can see that. Yeah. But but me was so much better somehow.
1: Yeah, you, know. you you could do so much with that as a marketing standpoint, right? Me, me, it's mine. I don't know. It's
0: Yeah, I know. Exactly.
1: Bah. I don't know. I would love to just see a Xiaomi phone come to the US,
0: but. Oh, for sure. So you wrote about the Oppo magnetic charger, the wireless charger. And I, I don't know if you saw my in my podcast topics, I said, <laughs> I'm going to read this because it's funny. After Realme's MagDart comes Oppo's MagVook, which is, and you know, Realme is also a BBK brand. It's the more affordable. It's kind of like they're actually becoming the replacement for OnePlus in terms of affordability. Um, their phones are fantastic. If you get the hands on them, really nice. Um, so Realme like two or three weeks ago on the podcast we talked about this. They announced Magdart, which is, you know, compatible with MagVook because the they use the same they use the same wired and wireless chargers between uh Oppo, OnePlus, and Realme. But Vivo has their own subsystem that is separate, even though they're part of BBK group. Vivo is trying to be like the pestilent, you know. Bad child of the BBK group. I was going to
1: say the sibling that is just like I'm over you guys. I don't. I don't belong in Correct. this family. I'm gonna go. 100%. Pay for my own way through school. Yeah, something that's
0: right. <laughs> so, real me is Magdart, The thing about it was. That what a name. It, If I look at your article on Magvook, it's it's a mirror image of the technology. Yeah, it's magnetic. It's high speed. It has there's one puck that is really thin, and there's one puck that has a fan built mm-hmm. in. the fa- The fan one has obviously has the faster charging. I just laughed so hard when I read that. I was like, I just read this about Realme two weeks ago.
1: <laughs> I kind of saw a similar thing on some of the like um, overseas blogs just because i had to look there it was kind of hard to find a lot of coverage about this in the us media but i you know i like the idea of it i think it's very interesting how everything everything is positioned as like an apple competition and i think that's because for most people that's who they know that's the brand that they know and that's the brand to really compete with globally and so i can understand why it's being positioned as a magsafe competitor, but I'm thinking about it as an Android user. And I'm like, I'm ready. Bring me my magnetic chargers. I would like some of these things, actually. Because look, if batteries aren't going to get bigger or longer capacity or whatever it is, then at least maybe the stopgap measure between then and now. It's just have an easy (laughs) way to charge these things.
0: I honestly think like, I have to give tons of kudos to Apple for coming up with this idea of magnetically Pairing a puck with the back of the phone for wireless charging, because you know how misaligned and easy it is to screw that up, right? On all of our Android, we've had wireless charging on Android and Windows phone before that with with Nokia, right? The old Nokia, forever. When you
1: wake up the next morning and you realize that you didn't actually like place it right on the charger and nothing has uh, charged overnight and you're like, oh my God.
0: And pick up the phone and the the puck stays with it so you can use the phone while it's wirelessly charged. That is a,
1: genius. I didn't even think about that. I yeah. think
0: Apple made just a tiny little change that I think, I, I'm telling you, Flo, two years from now, hopefully we'll have another podcast before that, but two years from now, we'll definitely have a podcast, you and I, and you're going to, we're going to have, it's going to be totally standard to have magnets on the back of magnets. phones for charging. Yeah, 100%. And it'll probably be fully standardized too, like the, the people who make the cheese standard will probably say like you need this many magnets in these positions mm-hmm. for this to work. Good point. And they'll probably standardize the wattage at this point too. Because right now, everybody like everybody's got their fast charger for wired. Everybody's got their fast charger for wireless right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's gotta change. That's gotta get standardized somehow. I mean, it's starting to improve with PD now. We we get like up to a hundred watt for PD. And I've noticed that a lot of phones that use custom Switch. chargers. Yeah. Like a, a lot of phones that use custom chargers now. Also will charge on PD, maybe not up to the 65 watt or whatever that their custom charger does, but at least to like 40 or 30, which is pretty impressive yes. because we all have PD chargers out the kazoo, don't we? Like, I don't, I mean, sure, for my OnePlus, I do have a, you know, warp charger somewhere because it's, you know, I've got so many OnePlus devices. Yeah. But other than that, and by the way, the brick for the OnePlus 9 series I think this started with the AT. Yes. The 65 watt brick is a PD brick yes. up to 45 watt as well. So I love that. I love that, you know, the phones can do PD up to a certain point and the chargers can do PD up to a certain point. And then you marry the charger and the phone and all of a sudden you get the best of both worlds. That's cool. That's really cool.
1: I will say I- I do love my little routine at night where I put my phone on the OnePlus Charger and then I put in my little buds and then I just I put my podcast my pocket casts on, turn off when done, and then I just it's like a whole routine. Um uh, but, but I do sometimes get the what is that noise? Oh, that's the fan in the OnePlus Charger. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's as loud as a MacBook, I swear to God. It's sometimes. pretty loud
0: for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like,
1: what is that? Is there is that oh no, it's the it's this phone <laughs> fan. Okay. That's
0: yeah. fine. Uh, speaking of Oppo, they uh, just had like a virtual event for a lot of the Asian journalists. Um, and Richard Lai of Engadget, who's yep. based in Hong Kong, wrote mm-hmm. about it for Engadget. Basically, they're coming up with some new technologies for you know imaging, for camera systems on phones. Ooh. And nothing of here is super new in the sense that we've seen similar announcements from other companies, but uh, it's a nicely packaged altogether kind of juicy and delicious kind of thing because if you're like me, a big fan of cameras on phones, five-axis optical image stabilization is coming from Oppo and that means that it's not just the lens that's stabilized, but the sensor and the lens. So it's like in-body stabilization plus lens stabilization. Basically, combine what we have in the iPhone 12 Pro Max with what we have in the Galaxy S21. It's crazy stuff. And then they have a, you know... so. Do you remember back when the Asus Zenfone Zoom came out? Oh. 2012 to 13, I want to say. And it had, you know, a periscope lens, but it was variable zoom. Yes, so, I
1: remember you that. Know, so,
0: <laughs> Okay. So then we went from that to fixed periscopes. Like, like you know, we have 5Xs and 10Xs mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are not movable. And then Sony just came out with the Xperia 1 Mark III recently with a periscope that had two positions. Like you don't have an in-between, but you can go from 3X to 5X or whatever, right? Like it just switches between two two spots. And so it seems that we're back to square one where basically the Asus Zenfone Zoom was now because, you know, basically Oppo showed a new super compact, super, you know, small variable Zoom periscope. And this is completely variable. And I think, you know, the difference between now and 2012 is this takes about a third of the space and it's probably way more uh-huh. shockproof than it was, right? Because that's the thing, right? And also, you know, back then, the problem with the phone Zoom was that the f-stop was really bad because it was a zoom lens. So it didn't gather light very well. And with the sensors we had back there, we were kind of SOL. So it didn't really perform super well. It was a kind of a technical tour de force, but it wasn't really delivering. I think with these, the f-stops are really much better. Everything's more compact and we're going to get, and it has built-in stabilization using prisms and stuff. So I think we're going to see we're going to see some better performance without having like, you know, the S21 Ultra right now has a 3X and a 10X that are separate like cameras. We're going to see a single sensor with this variable zoom periscope on top of it. It's going to make our phones more compact and still just as good and maybe a little more likely to break, I guess, because there's more moving parts. But at the same time, I think we can make this solid. Like, you know, all those phones with pop-up cameras that are electric, they're still doing fine two or three years and later. My
1: husband misses that one plus. <laughs> he really misses <laughs> that pop-up <laughs> one. Um, yeah, that was fun. It was a fun gimmick. And you know, at the same time, it did it did keep it safe, I guess. if we went to the beach as long as you didn't use the pop-up mechanism. And then that would introduce dust and specs into it. Oh, um, yeah.
0: At the beach, I can only imagine what that would nightmare that would be. I Oof. know.
1: I know. Oh, yeah. By the way, Flip 3... I wouldn't recommend taking it to, it the, to beach. the beach. I wouldn't recommend no. doing that. At least not without a plastic bag that's like rightly sealed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh. Because it's not dust resistant in any way. It's X on the dust part. And what is it? Seven or eight on the waterproof? IPX seven, IPX. I IPX7, think it's six. IPX six. Okay. Well there I don't you go. remember. I so don't remember. splashing. Splashing and brief splashing. immersion. So you know you'll be fine if you drop it in the toilet for and you pick it up right away exactly uh but 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 don't leave it in the the bathtub no don't
1: (laughs) don't you and you could read in the back bathtub too with like wet hands it's fine
0: yeah because you know as long as you don't let let it fall in there and leave it in there you're Mm -hmm. fine exactly the s21 however and the iphone and the oneplus and the pixel you can leave those in the tub for in one foot of water for 30 minutes and be fine yeah who would do that, though? Unless you drop in the stream and you don't realize and you go back to get it, I don't know.
1: That's exactly the whole point of it. It would just be an accidentally, oh my God, I dropped it, I shouldn't have dropped it. But I, I don't go to the beach. Like when I I used to go stand up paddle boarding before I had a kid, and I would never... I mean, I took the phone out in a waterproof case, even though it was a water so-called waterproof phone. I always had one of those lanyards right. around me. Because, um, you know, if you're going out by yourself, you need to have... You need to have service on you because, God forbid, for sure, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, boy. All these ways that we end up using phones and things like that.
0: Uh. I mean, I'm kind of glad most phones are water resistant nowadays because, you know, humans are just not the most careful. And it's just a nice safety Yeah, net. we
1: can't be carrying our own precious. We're already doing so much right now that's precious. Like, let me worry yeah. about the mask thing. Let me worry about that stuff. Don't let me worry about
0: my phone. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Flo, we got to wrap it up. Do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet and all that good jazz?
1: Absolutely. So I write for Gizmodo. It's gizmodo.com. I'll do, I have I have a little vanity URL, flowrites.tech. <gasps> and if you type that in, it will take you to my author page at Gizmodo.
0: That's so awesome. That.
1: I, pay hover for that um they used to be a sponsor for the twit network so i was like oh ah that's nice that's a good that's a good idea um and then also i have a website florenceiron.com if you want to find other places to find me um i have a discord i have social media of all types so that's where you can find me
0: yes you should read flow on gizmodo's good stuff thank you miriam i appreciate it you still do shows on Twitch from time to time?
1: Yes. And so I'm still doing all about Android and I am still doing material every week on Relay FM Network. Wow. So, so
0: you are very busy. Wow. Yeah. Cool. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So folks, if you want more podcasts, in addition to this one, you know, Flo makes two of them on a regular basis. So just go <laughs> and listen to them. <laughs> and folks, you know where to find me on the internet i'm at tank girl that's t-n-k-g-r-l without the vowels so it's like the comic book character tank girl but drop the vowels and that's on twitter and on instagram so twitter is where you want to hit the two of us up for any thoughts on this podcast questions whatever you might have precisely instagram is where you want to go for pretty pictures of phones and pretty pictures taken with phones because that's pretty much all i do there maybe some cars now that i'm reviewing cars but you know, check it out. There's a couple of YouTube channels that go along with the show, youtube.com slash mobile tech That is basically all the unboxing, like directly phone related, maybe earbud related, like the the core technology that's mobile is in there. It's again, complement, visual complement to the podcast. And then we have obviously another one, which is more like, you know, the stuff we talked about Xiaomi earlier, like, you know, like home automation, travel tech, the battery packs, the, you know, the air purifiers, that's youtube.com slash mobile tech more, where my producer and I are trying to kind of like work this one out, We're, we're kind of having a hard time because we're so busy with the main show that adding another YouTube channel might have been premature, but please subscribe because we will eventually ramp it up in some way or another, so yeah, I'd appreciate that. The podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. That's the URL. There's a RSS feed there if you're old school, but we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. If your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that. It helps with discovery. And then uh, I have a Patreon now. Woohoo! So that's been like, I don't know, two, three months now. I've got a bunch of patrons. Thanks to all of you folks for being helpful and on the show. If you're wondering what the deal is, basically I've got a Discord like you do, and that's uh, you can access that through one of the tiers. But I think the most exciting tier is the video tier. If you want to see Flo and I right now on mm-hmm. video, unedited before the actual audio <laughs> yes. podcast comes out a couple of days <laughs> later, go to patreon.com slash TNKGRL. That's patreon.com slash and pick that, I call it the 10 megabits tier. I have them by nice. megabits. That's nice. Like three megabits, five megabits, 10 megabits and there's more the 10 megabits tier gives you the the video every week in advance unedited so check that out i don't have anyone to thank this week but uh if you join i will be able to thank you next week so consider that folks and if you don't want to use patreon there is a link in the show notes for a paypal donation if you can help that way and you prefer that way like consider that that'd be great Finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible, audible audible.com. They've been with us forever, and they're fantastic. We have a special deal, 30-day free trial. You get to keep a free book at the end. Hopefully, you stick around after that. But if you don't, you still get a good deal. And honestly, I don't think you're going to be able to not join after you use it for a bit because it's just fantastic. I just love it for road trips. If you're a delivery driver and you're driving all day and you want to listen to books, that's perfect. I love books and I love to read, but I just don't have time to read a lot. Sometimes I'm just tired. My eyes are tired as I get older. And Audible just delivers that same experience, that kind of epic, hours-long things that you break down to more smaller pieces. Plus, they have shorter content and podcasts and a bunch of other stuff. So audibletrial.com slash mobiletech is URL. Try it out, audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. Hopefully, you stick around, and no matter what you do, you help out the podcast. So thanks for doing that, and thank you to Audible for being our longtime sponsor Of course, I also want to thank you, Flo, for being on the show yet again. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Miriam, for having me and for working with my weird schedule. It's...
0: Don't worry. It's having a kid. It's honestly... Yeah.
1: It takes a lot of time.
0: No, it's a a big responsibility. (laughs) And I do appreciate you making the time to be on the show. Don't worry. We will have you on the show again at some point in the future. And folks, we will have a show next week, another one. So stay tuned for that. Until then... Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.